Hey everyone, welcome to the Elijah Rising podcast. My name is David Gamboa. I'm the communications director at Elijah Rising, and I'm joined by Sam Hernandez, the mobilization director. Yep. Welcome to the show. We're filling in again for uh, Adam Cheney, who's still out sick. We miss you very much, Adam. Hashtag pray for Adam. Hashtag pray for Adam. That's kind of sad. It is. We miss Adam. We miss him a lot. We have a creative team here that is me. Adam and David, and uh, we feel very, very much like a big part of our heart is missing. And especially yeah. with the podcast, this was really his baby. So um, we hope that he can join us again soon. Yes. And today we're talking about how can we tell stories to fight trafficking? Yeah. How can we tell stories to fight trafficking and why would storytelling even be a part of fighting trafficking? Yeah, it seems like it's not a solution. It doesn't seem like a productive solution. Or the most productive, which at, at the end of the day, like it, it isn't like the most, most important part, but it facilitates all of the necessary and important parts. Right. And so where we're at right now is we are having a live film premiere event on October 17th. We're making it, we've made a movie essentially. We- <laughs> We made a movie. We made a film. Um, I mean, it's pretty much a feature length film, right? It's about an hour. Yeah, it's almost that hour. Um, and f- there's a lot of questions that you may be thinking. Why did a nonprofit, the fight sex trafficking, even make a movie? Why did this happen? How did this happen? And what is it for? We're going to answer those questions today. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, some of you may have known that last year we actually did a play with the amazing people at 80 Players as our year-end fundraiser event. Yeah, some of you were probably even there. Yeah, um, it was incredible. Um, and we were hoping to do that again. Yeah, and with COVID, I think COVID just threw everybody a curveball and we we're all having to change our plans. And so um, everyone's saying like we can never go back to doing things the way that we've done them before. And so this challenge also presented us an amazing opportunity to create a film that would live beyond one night. Yes. But that we could still use as a way to share the testimonies that Elijah Rising, that really you guys have have helped uh, create. Yeah, because we found over time that you know, people want to know, they want to hear from the women that we serve, they want to hear the stories of what's happening. But also there's this huge within the non, which you, you might not know this. We know this cause we're in it every day it, amid the anti-trafficking organizations. There's this huge problem or, um, challenge of, of, of making sure that we're never re-exploiting the women that we're serving yeah. by sharing their stories or having them speak or, or feeling like we have to there's a lot of things. So we want to always protect that. Number one, um, these stories don't belong to us. They belong to the person and, you know, focusing in on, on the horrible, horrible parts of what happened to people can be really harmful. So we wanted a way to be able to, how do we capture the reality and the beauty and, and the hardship of the story? How do we communicate that? And then when we do it at, at the gala or, you know, we had it as a gala that was a play, it's only that one night. It's only that one small group of people. Yeah. And so save the date in your calendar if you haven't already. October 17th is going to be live streamed on Facebook, live streamed on YouTube. 
So you're going to be able to, you know, put it up on your TV, invite some friends over. We're putting together like an entire like watch party kit that you can download. It's going to have like a checklist of everything that you need for the night. Um, Some stats that you can actually print out and put on your wall. Um, But back to the storytelling and back to this podcast, I want to kind of give them a behind the scenes look at what all goes into creating monologues and why monologues. Yeah, I... I think that monologues make sense now. I think in the future I could see us making um, maybe even a play or doing something grandiose. But so we started with, um, we always have a collection of stories. Anytime something incredible happens, which is more often than you would think. Um, Anytime we see God move, anytime we see a great success with someone that we're working with, we write it down to celebrate and to remember like, God, you are so good. And this is, this is the reason it keeps us focused on this is why we're doing this. You know, this is the victory. This is important. So, um, we wanted to somehow share these stories in a way that did them justice. You weren't there. You couldn't see it. You know, us telling you what happened is one thing, but how could we artistically, um, artistically and beautifully communicate this story? Um, maybe not from the person that it happened to or the person that was there, but with an actor, with something that can be so curated to communicate the reality of what happened. Um, so we started there, we sat down around a table, um, most of our team. And we said, what are some of the most impactful stories and how can we write them in an arc that communicates not only what we do in the safe home, not what we do in our advocacy work, not what we do in this, but kind of your story from being a perspective, a person seeing what's happening to her story, the one who's overcoming and who's triumphing over sex trafficking. Um, and that's why we think monologues fit because it was like a peer, like a little keyhole into those moments, which each of the characters that we all play in this story. Yeah. And I think what's important to remember about stories and storytelling is that they build empathy so we can better understand social issues. Yes. And so I want to talk a little bit about sort of Hollywood movies about trafficking versus you know, the, the real stories that we see every day. And I think Hollywood, you're creating a movie where you want to show like the most shocking, the most horrifying, the thing that's going to make you go, Oh my gosh, you know, shock, shocking. Um, and then on top of that, this like fairy tale ending where like everything is all better. Everything's perfect. It relieves the problem solved. It's really, it's really a disservice. I mean, number one, it's not the best art um, because it kind of takes the audience without permission, slashes your way into the audience's heart, and then kind of puts a pretty bow around everything and makes you feel this feeling of okay, like, oh, things are okay. There's a way out. There's, but it doesn't leave you with the challenge of the reality of the complexity of the issue. And it's like, it makes the most important factor in the people's lives who've been affected by this, the horrible thing that happened to them. Yeah, the incident where they were trafficked or yeah. for you know, a week or months or years. And it's like, that is not the most important part of a, a woman or a man's story is the harm that happened to them. But 
it's about their resilience. Yeah. The, the story of rebuilding their lives, the story of what they've had to encounter in order to trust again, to love again, to rewire their brain, actively engaging their will to rewire their brain against what something someone did to them. I mean, it's hard work that every person who recovers from human trafficking, sex trafficking, they do. And the way that those stories, that, number one, the stories, they break your heart in a way that's I just don't think is right. <laughs> and they don't do justice to the, the reality of what's happened to people. And we've had a lot of survivors speak out that they just don't feel like these, the things that have been put out do justice to their stories. Yeah. Cause it focuses on the most traumatic part where this person has put in really hard work and that, you know, gets no attention, but that's where the real story is. That's where the inspiration is. That's yeah. where the truth is about overcoming and the hard work that someone puts in and the yeah. journey of healing. Yeah. And I mean, to their, to, to give them the benefit of the doubt, like their job isn't to change people's hearts about human trafficking. Their job is to make money and to sell a ticket and to yeah. scandalize people and to this and that. And, and we have to understand that like, these are real people's lives that we're representing with media. And a lot of times it's very much harming the people who try to say, no, 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 it didn't even look like this. I wasn't abducted. I actually was groomed by someone I knew. Um, and it was really important for us as we told stories, even though we were there, we experienced it, that we had overcomers um, who'd lived the experience of trafficking, both assist in the writing of this and actually write all of these monologues themselves. Because we didn't want to just say, it matters what you represent in media. It matters the way that you take the details of the way that you tell these stories, because it affects the way that people who've overcome this have to live their lives. Yeah. And I think with social media and just kind of headlines, um, a lot of people don't read into stories as much now. Yes. Um, because you see the headline, you see human trafficking bus, you know, 49 people rescued. Well, hold on. It's like, what does that mean? Who are the 49 people? What, you know, who are they? Are they moms? Do they have children? Where, you know, are they mm. arrested and in yeah. jail? Yeah. Are they providing resource? Like, are they getting help? Like where, what's happening? And we just see that headline and we share it, but we don't want to invest a ton of time into understanding the story and walking through someone's journey. One of the most impactful stories that I've read, um, was, uh, the story from Texas monthly mm -hmm. called lost girls. Yeah. And it was just a powerful story of this woman's journey from another country into the United States being trafficked mm. and just her whole process of trying to get out and her journey of healing. Um, and I think what makes it remarkable is that it's so true mm -hmm. and it's not just like this cookie cutter. Yeah. I mean, it's what, it's what fuels everything that we do. I think you're right. You said that storytelling builds empathy. It builds compassion. It builds like respect and it gives you insight to like, oh man, I wouldn't think about that struggle. I mean, there's an amazing shout out to an amazing, um, advocate. Um, they wrote a book called, oh, I can't remember the name of the book. I'm so sorry. Katie Roche, um, as amazing storyteller, educator and poetry, like yeah. Um, they do this amazing spoken word poetry and there was a story about not only dealing with trafficking, but dealing with losing custody 
um, of their, of their child. And oh my gosh, the way that it moved my soul to understand, like just to peer in. And what was cool about it is it was done in a way that made that person feel empowered. They have the power to, to, to craft it in a way that's beautiful and it feels, um, like it does justice. And I think that that's what's something so amazing about art is just, it can say like me and you don't have the shared same experiences, but I can create something, a monologue, a poem, a song that makes you even just for a moment, feel something, a fraction. And it's like we share in that experience together in a way that builds respect. Yeah. And that, I mean, I think that's our whole aim for it is, to, is for, when people at home watch this film, that they feel something, they feel like a shared moment, they feel a shared or even a mirrored moment where they, they're going to, you're going to see people, I believe on the screen that you're, you're going to think that's me. Like that's my life. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping we can bridge all of those stories together. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to share a little bit about some of the stories that we're telling in the monologues and why we believe we need to be telling some better stories, more hopeful stories. Yes. You are cordially invited to the Elijah Rising Gala on Saturday, October 17th. We are honored to once again collaborate with AD players to bring you a powerful theatrical production. This year, things are gonna be a little different. Since we can't go to the theater, we're bringing the theater to your home. Virtual tables and individual tickets are on sale at ElijahRising.org and will include a digital access pass for the one night only live event. October 17th will be the premiere of a brand new collection of monologues based entirely on testimonies and experiences from our partnership with you to end sex trafficking. Our hope is to connect you with the work that you empower because we're seeing so many moments of community mobilization, safe housing, and therapeutic care. However, we believe there are so many more to come, which is why we need your support now more than ever. We look forward to sharing these powerful stories and testimonies with you as we continue the work of ending sex trafficking through prayer, awareness, intervention, and restoration. Okay, well, we're back and we want to talk about storytelling and um, a key point with stories is that stories make you feel something. Mm -hmm. And as a storyteller, you can kind of cater to the story to make your audience feel any way you want. Yes. Um, and they help you experience something that's outside of your normal experience. And so one of the things we're trying to do is tell more hopeful stories, more inspiring yes. stories, because it's easy to tell the dark and horrifying, evil and traumatizing yeah. stories. It's, it's so true. Cause you I mean, you see it all the time and, and I feel like this is a really, it's a, it's a hard line to, to walk across to say this horrible, horrible thing is happening. Cause absolutely it is. Yeah. Um, but then if I don't believe that I have anything to help and I'm just being re-exposed to horrible, horrible thing after horrible thing, I like none of us can emotionally weather that. Yeah. Um, nor does it ever, does it, it doesn't always draw us to action. It does sometimes. Um, but because there's so much crisis fatigue and we wanted to make, and a lot of us know that sex trafficking exists. We know that it's bad. But a lot of us don't know how we can engage or if there is even hope to fight it. And I know for me, I'm very sensitive. I'm yeah. I'm a mom. I have a daughter. Um, I'm a survivor of my own trauma um, of, of assault and things like that. And 
sometimes seeing overly graphic images to try to explain sex trafficking can be really triggering um, to even my own different type of trauma, or it can be overwhelming and can wrap us up in fear. And so we're really trying to take care to not tell that kind of story. Yeah. And I think as, you know, I'm in marketing and I think from a creative's perspective, what works on social media is the most shocking, is the most the thing that's going to cause people to get angry that yeah. gets the most reactions. And so it becomes, you know, successful, but at the same time, you don't need that to no. portray an emotion. And I think a perfect example of this was when we were at 80 players and we were filming, um, we filmed each monologue one by one because of COVID precautions. So actors came in, did their thing and then they left. And so they would just come in and just perform these monologues. Yep. And in between, um, it was so cool, Sam, because I saw you go up on stage. And before they're about to film, you would say, hey, let me tell you the true story behind this person. And when you shared that story, it just unlocked a whole set of emotions. Yeah, it was it was really beautiful because you see these actors and actresses, which, by the way, um, 80 players connected. They are the ones who found the actors and actresses. Alice, the amazing director um, who connected, coached them, worked with them, worked with us at the day of the shoot. And then we just had this beautiful silver platter to come and, and um, work with. They did so much amazing stuff. But I remember sitting in front of um, these men and women and just telling them, this is, this is the woman that you're portraying. And one of them specifically, I was like, this is someone that I love very much that I see every day. And, um, you know, at first you took it to a very angry place, which it is an angry place, but connecting. And I actually stood behind, I, I, I kind of said, Hey, let's redo this. And I stood behind the camera and I wanted her to connect with me. And it was such a crazy moment that I'm really glad that we have captured on film because I was feeling when she was communicating her actual plea, she's pleading for help. She's telling a, a situation that was in such a hard place, but still sharing the hope. And, and that connection just reminded me of the real situation that, we, that we're listening. I mean, one of the most important things that I share with the staff that we have in our safe home is that one of the biggest ministries that we have in this organization is to share in the cup of the suffering yeah. of Christ through walking with the suffering of the women that we serve and not fixing it. We are not here to band-aid it, to fix it, because that's for us. And so when we were doing that monologue, I, I felt that that connection to just say, like, I was I'm not I'm obviously not in the film. Um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a moment of of where we just connected but with the camera between us, and we're sharing in that moment of remembering that suffering without any answer other than like, I believe God that there's hope and I'm living my life now rebuilding. And, um, it was so special. It just felt really special. And I'm really, I feel really blessed to know that that's captured the way that it's captured forever. And that you guys get to share in that. Yeah. And what I thought was so cool is I often hear from our restorative care program staff. They're like, if you could just see like the little things that are happening, the little instances of healing that they see happening in our program yeah like it would blow your mind and that came to life for me in one of the monologues where this woman is she's 
I guess she's come out of a shelter and she's coming to the restorative care program. Mm -hmm. So she's on her way there. She's going through this long travel, but she... I'm laughing because it's a really sweet and kind of lighthearted. She's in the restroom and she's, you know, uh, she takes this moment to say a quick prayer. And it was just so powerful. And it was such a, like, it's such a simple moment. I would have never thought that would be a really engaging, mm -hmm. like, even as I read the script, I was like, this is so simple. Like, yeah. I don't get. <laughs> it's amazing. Cause she's in the, and she's in the mirror, like asking for a moment before she gets on the van and she's like starting to pray. She's like, okay, God, I mean, hello. I mean, I suck at this. <laughs> but it's it's just, so true. It's, it's the childlike faith in the seeing the, like, I can reach out to God. I can. I can do this thing. And even believing just the moments of like believing in themselves, having bravery, like these aren't things that are the, like, it's not what the work that we're doing. It's the work that these women are doing and they're taking steps and leaps of faith, believing in God and everything that Elijah rising is doing is just to make space, space for that, for that yeah. just space for that. So to see those moments captured, like the actors just did such a good job and, and, you know, we got to coach them a little bit in it and catching those moments of growth. Yeah. And we tried to show it from different perspectives. So like one of the stories is from the perspective of a volunteer. Another mm -hmm. story is from the perspective of someone who just got off a van tour. Yeah. And then one is, is like a woman who had graduated from the program and this is years later that she's looking back. Um, she's been restored. There's another that is where, right. But like the one we were speaking out a second ago, she, she's about to enter the Elijah rising program. Um, and then there's one who, you know, there's people in different stages of their life to show the types of, of things that they're going through. And then there's one that's just, a um, a mom who's gone on a van tour yeah. in her immediate response and the ones that I think a lot of you are having, even listening to our podcast. Yeah. And so we kind of want to wrap this episode up. And the last thing I want to bring up is word of mouth is one of the most powerful tools of anti-trafficking awareness for Elijah rising. I mean, for us to be able to do what we do at the level that we do it, it's largely based on word of mouth. People who have gone on intervention, people who have, sat through a presentation of ours, people who have been on the van tour and they go and tell their friends the story. This is what I saw. Yes. You're not going to believe what's happening. This is essentially storytelling. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy to me because being here for so long, um, for the past seven years, people come up to me. Um, well, they used to when people engaged <laughs> with one another, but people would come up to me and say, Oh my gosh, I'll never forget. I went to the justice rally yeah. um, during the Super Bowl, and I saw God move. I saw a woman get touched by God and get out of the life, and it's changed me forever. And I'm like, man, I don't even remember hearing that story, but that is incredible. And and how these moments when people decide to step in, they have an experience, and it's like it has marked them for life. And honestly, as we're both marketing mentality people, to have like you look at our website. Um, statistics and, and analytics. And usually you'll see like Google search, Facebook, IG referral from this thing. Um, and then a very small sliver of direct people who type in Elijah rising, Yeah. but 40, how much like yeah. almost 50% of everyone who comes to reach out to us, they're literally typing it. That means that people are telling them about it. They're remembering, which is almost, you know, in the professional world would be really frustrating because you can't track. <laughs> yeah. We don't know where they come from. But we know that you all are listening and talking to each other and sharing your experience, how this affected. And it's helping us 
fund restoration that we're trying to, all the things that we're trying to accomplish for the women that we're serving. Um, and it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. And so this is why on October 17th, this is why it's such a big deal because we used to be limited to however many people we can fit in a building. Yes. Just maybe a couple hundred. Yes. So by doing it virtually, we've removed that limit. So now we have people in Hawaii saying, hey, I want to watch and I'm going to send yep. it to my groups in Hawaii and they're yeah. going to watch. We have people in f- churches in Florida. They're like, hey, I yep. want to host a watch party in my church. I just talked to somebody from San Francisco the other day who said they listened to our podcast. They found us on TikTok. Um, if you didn't know we're on TikTok, we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, who uh, plan to attend that way. Yeah. And so we've done something crazy. We've made the biggest fundraiser of our year free. Yes. And, and listen, I have to say something very real. I'm going to say something very brave. No, it's not that brave, but <laughs> Elijah's rising. We know that like we make things look cute. Like I made this sign at home. It has an led strip I got from Amazon in it, but it looks like very branded, right? We have some lighting that we bought also online makes us look like we have things together. Our website looks great. David does an amazing job. We Thank post, you. you're welcome. We post often on social media. And sometimes I think people think, Elijah rising. They've got their, they funding. Don't need my help. they've got their funding handled. But at the end of the day, like literally there's seven of us who are, who are doing the things that you're seeing. Well, well yeah. three of us on the communications team. And it's, this is all on faith. Like we don't have government funding. We there isn't like a funding. guaranteed. It's just on faith. I we mean, don't we don't have like three years of like budgets that you, I don't know if I was supposed to say that. You might <laughs> that. We don't have like this government thing that's going to come in next month or we don't have all these promised funds. Like, yes, we've been good stewards of what God has given us, but um, we do need your help. We, we are st- for us to make this fundraiser free is a step of faith to believe. We believe in God, obviously um, we believe God's people, but we also believe in these stories. Yeah. We believe that when people see them, um, they will be moved to support because we need to raise $200,000. Yeah. And it's the power of the testimony. Yes. That's going to create more testimonies as it goes out. And Absolutely. Goes forth. And so if we, so we need to raise $200,000. We have okay. <laughs> no pressure. Here's the challenge. We have maybe 400 listeners on this podcast. Yes. If each one of those listeners created, signed up to, you know, watch the event on October 17th, there's a way where you can create your own personal fundraising page. If 400 people raise $500, we would hit our goal easily. Yes. And we don't, we hate to like, we don't want to pressure anybody. We know that some people during COVID, like it's been a stressful time. We know that some people have been fine, but if you have listened to these podcasts and you found any value in the work that we're doing, any value in the information that we're trying to share, um, we hope that you would believe in helping us to continue. Um, all you have to do, the, the event is free. You can get all of your friends to attend. We'll do the rest. They get to experience the stories. They have more knowledge, more information um, that they'll have. But also you could start a fundraiser and just ask your friends to give. Ask your friends to support, even if you're not able to. You know, we see the people that give, you know, the $5, the $10. Yeah. And that, um, God bless you. That's incredible that you have taken something that you have and have given it to the people that we're serving. It's it moves us, but we're asking you to watch 
this film. We're asking you to join us on October 17th. We're asking you to share it with your friends. And we're going to try to make it as easy as possible. We're going to send you links and, and ideas for how to host a small watch party in your home, how to share it with friends, what it is, how to attend it. We're going to keep... Um, helping you yeah. <laughs> know that this is an event and we're 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 asking you that you would you would join us that you would take ownership and that you would say you know what I'm going to commit to help in some way and if you haven't seen the trailer already I guarantee you it's very exciting it's amazing we're very proud also it's family friendly so we know yes. that you're going to be in your home so you're going to have your kids mm -hmm. and we catered these monologues to be family friendly. Yes, you can have your you can have your kids in there. Parental discretion always, but we're not talking, we're not going at, you know, in the depths of the horrible parts of it. This is really a hopeful story that is about restoration. It's about resolve to fight sex trafficking. It's about the power of God and the resilience of His people. Um, we want to give you this opportunity to join this experience and, and it's free. So there's, you know, it's pretty easy. We believe in you. We could really use your help. Yes, um, we need your help, actually. <laughs> we, we desperately need we your We really help. need your help. And um, I'm the only thing that I'm, the main thing that I'm very grateful about is that seeing the work that us, Vast Whisper, the, um, the filming company that we worked with, um, the work that we've done, 80 players, I think I would have been heartbroken if I knew that only 200 people, 300 people could attend or watch it. Yeah. Um, I would love to see thousands of people watching these stories to do them justice. Yeah. Um, there it's, it's one of the most beautiful things I think that we've created at Elijah Rising and we're so very proud of it. Yeah. So we're going to put all the links to all these things in the show notes. If you're watching on YouTube, just scroll down in the description. Uh, this will also be live on our blog at ElijahRising.org. So uh, click the links. We'll also provide some of the resources that we yeah. mentioned. I think I mentioned a story. You mentioned a book. We'll put those in the show notes as well. Absolutely. Um, and we're just really grateful. We've gotten so much feedback about this podcast. Um, if you don't mind, if you're listening, um, Comment down below if you're on YouTube or wherever you can. Comment down below and let us know where you're from and how you found out about Elijah Rising. Um, it really encourages us to know that this is reaching even beyond where we live and where we serve. Um, and so we, we would love to get to know you in that way.